Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. In this week's headlines, a gay couple in Texas died just hours apart from COVID-19. Idaho's new anti-transgender laws are already being challenged in court. Leslie Jordan has found new stardom as an Instagram sensation. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. News 4 San Antonio reported this past week that Live Oak City Councilmember Anthony Brooks and his husband, Philip Cy Brooks, died of complications from coronavirus. Adding to the tragedy, the two died just hours between each other. The two lived in a home together with Philip's mother. When Philip was originally diagnosed with the coronavirus, he received medication from a doctor and was initially sent home but he returned to the ER just two days later. At that point, he was put on a ventilator in the intensive care unit. In his final Facebook post, he wrote, Back in the ER, oxygen super low, heart rate low, shortness breath, vomiting, blood pressure, high fever 102.9, update, I tested positive corona, be here for a couple of days, then quarantine, 14 days. That was the end of the post. Anthony, who was also an Army veteran and a worker at the San Antonio Military Medical Center, was also sick, but reluctant to be hospitalized. But when his mother-in-law found him unresponsive in their home, he was taken to the same facility as his husband. They were a few rooms apart in the ICU when Philip, while he was conscious and talking, died suddenly of a heart attack on Easter Sunday. His husband, Anthony, died shortly afterward on Tuesday. Philip's mother has also tested positive for the coronavirus and is grieving alone in quarantine. Speaking to Fox San Antonio, one of Philip's brothers said, It's very hard. We had to arrange my other brother, who lives in San Antonio, to stand outside the house while we tell her the news. And that's the heartbreaking side. We can't go in, my brothers can't go in and comfort her, she is standing in the doorway crying, and we're here in California. There are over 19,000 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Texas, and nearly 500 deaths at this time. Regardless, Governor Greg Abbott announced his plans this week to start reopening the economy in late April and ease social distancing guidelines. Last month, the governor of Idaho signed two anti-transgender bills into law. Now, the state is getting sued for both of the bills. One bill that Governor Brad Little signed bans transgender people from correcting the gender marker on their birth certificates, and the other bans transgender girls from competing in school sports. Lambda Legal 
has filed a federal lawsuit challenging the birth certificate law, which was passed after a federal magistrate overturned the state's previous ban on transgender people correcting the gender marker on their birth certificates in 2018. Lambda Legal fought that previous battle, arguing that banning transgender people from correcting their birth certificates is illegally discriminatory because the state allows other people to update birth certificates for other reasons. And having documents that don't match a person's gender identity can lead to discrimination and violence. Peter Wren of Lambda Legal called the new law, quote, a naked flouting of the law. It is shocking that lawmakers would be so brazenly lawless as to defy a federal court ruling. The rule of law collapses if we refuse to abide by the outcome of who wins and loses in our system of justice. Governor Little called the new law common sense because, quote, one's birth certificate reflects what one's sex is at birth. Hmm. According to the Associated Press, Idaho lawmakers have a history of passing laws that they know will be challenged in federal court. Also this past week, the ACLU and Legal Voice filed a lawsuit challenging the school sports law, saying that it violates Title IX, which bans discrimination based on sex in education. Boise State University athlete Lindsay Hecox, one of the plaintiffs in the case who is also transgender, says... I would like to compete as a female. We shouldn't have our privacy invaded. If people started questioning me, I wouldn't want to be subjected to multiple tests. The groups are also arguing that the law invades the privacy of female athletes because it allows people to challenge a student-athlete's gender and force them to undergo genital, genetic, and hormonal examinations in order to continue competing. One of the other plaintiffs in the case is a cisgender girl who competes in high school sports. The ACLU's Gabriel Arkell said in a statement, quote, The law illegally targets women and girls who are transgender and intersex and subjects all female athletes to the possibility of invasive genital and genetic screenings. The Associated Press reports that a third law, which would have criminalized treating transgender youth for gender dysphoria, has died in committee in the Statehouse. Actor Leslie Jordan has become an Instagram sensation since taking up residence not far from his mother and sisters in Tennessee last month. The actor, who rose to fame playing Karen Walker's nemesis, Beverly Leslie, on Will & Grace, catapulted from about 80,000 Instagram followers to 3 million in the span of a month thanks to his homespun videos in which he exercises with a back scratcher, then uses it as a baton, does yoga as only he could, and engages in, quote, pillow talk, dishing about Hollywood luminaries. long time ago, I made up this story and started telling everybody it was true. I'd talk about this woman in my church who had a baby, out of wedlock, and it looked like a little pig, and she'd bring it to church and uh, hold it out for us all to look at, and it had bows in its hair and little frilly socks, but it looked just like a baby pig. We didn't know what to say. Well, that wasn't true. I made that up, but I told Linda Bloodworth Thomason about it. That's the wrong person to tell. It's her birthday, by the way, April 15th, I think. I read it in my journal, but, uh, uh, she wrote it into the program, the TV program I was doing called Hearts of Fire. 
and about this woman had a baby out of wedlock and looked like a pig, and they hired Deborah Jo Rupp to play the part, and it got real big, and everybody wanted me to tell that story. And I still dissected like it was true. Y'all, it wasn't true. I'm awful. There was no baby out of wedlock. In an interview with The Advocate, he laughed saying, I've gone viral. Describing the inspiration for one of his videos that kickstarted his Insta success, Jordan said, I'd do an exercise video because there are so many gay men with these perfect abs and they do exercise videos. So I did an exercise video where my stomach looked like my water's about to break. At 64 years old, Jordan, who has over 120 television and film credits on IMDb dating back to the early 80s, has been out his entire life. Recently, he starred in American Horror Story Coven and The Cool Kids. Regarding his never having that coming out moment in Hollywood, he says, I fell out of the womb and into my mother's high heels. Jordan has made plenty of virtual appearances since he became a social media star, including appearing on The View last week. His interview with The Advocate is both hysterically funny and deeply poignant. At one point, he discusses how his gay agents back in the day encouraged him to butch it up in daylight, even to the point where Jordan grew a thick mustache. He laughed saying, I looked like Ron Jeremy, referring to the 80s era adult film star. He also shares about how he's proud to have been a part of Will and & Grace and that show's role in shifting perceptions around LGBTQ people. In a serious moment, he discusses the great losses of the AIDS epidemic and how the community survived, saying, quote, We figured out as a community of gay people, we have to take care of our own. I was there when APLA was started in someone's living room. Project Angel Food was started at the church at Fairfax and Fountain. What we came out of that as a community was, we were kinder to each other. I'm hoping that the whole world, having gone through something like this, is going to come out all of this kinder. We'll hunker down, and we'll figure it out, and we'll get through it. I'll have a link to Leslie Jordan's Instagram account in the show notes. For more than 35 years, the Circus of Books bookstore was a place where Los Angeles LGBTQ people could socialize and celebrate themselves without judgment. Not just a bookstore. The retail venue was a gay porn emporium run by a straight, mainstream Jewish couple, Barry and Karen Mason, whose three children attended religious schools and were unaware for a long time about the nature of their parents' business. Executive produced by Ryan Murphy for Netflix, Circus of Books is now a new documentary set to drop on April 22nd. The project is the debut film from Rachel Mason, one of the children of the owners. In the newly released trailer, which alternates between interview soundbites and clips from vintage gay porn, one of the Mason children shares, We were just kept completely in the dark. Another added, if anyone asked what our parents did, the official answer was, we own a bookstore. In the trailer, Karen Mason says, In the 1980s, we were probably the biggest distributors of hardcore gay films in the United States. But I never felt free to let anyone know what we did. The conflict was due to the family's attendance at a, quote, stuffy conservative synagogue and having a business that sold gay porn and sex paraphernalia to the LGBTQ community. According to press materials, the Masons didn't set out to be gay activists, just everyday entrepreneurs. 
But then came the AIDS crisis, and the Masons found they were losing employees to the epidemic. Phoning the parents of those employees, they realized how marginalized so many LGBTQ people were, as many of the parents responded to the news with, quote, I never want to see them again. And so, the Masons became accidental activists recognizing the humanity in their customers. In the trailer, one former patron shares to the camera, Circus of Books was my first glimpse into the fact that I wasn't alone as a gay person. Says another, This bookstore, it kept me out of harm's way. In the interview clip, Karen Mason also adds, I think what we did was small human kindness in a very small way. You can check out the trailer on therandyreport.com and mark your calendar for the April 22nd release of Circus of Books on Netflix. A vintage photo dated March 26, 1949, has captured the imagination of LGBTQ Redditors who wonder who the handsome men named Buzz and Tommy were. The photo has surfaced on the internet from time to time, with the earliest appearance I could find being a post in 2012 at homohistory.com. But no one has ever been able to decipher who the two young men were or who they were to each other. What we can tell from the photo is that they appeared to be lifeguards since they're wearing swim trunks and their t-shirts read Department of Parks Lifeguard. On the back of the photo is the inscription to Buzz. I'll always remember the times we spent together. All my love, your Tommy. The sign-off reading of All My Love, Your Tommy certainly leans into romantic flavor. And one more detail has been noticed by those captivated by the image. The two men's arms are almost on top of each other as if they want to hold hands but weren't sure. In 1949, Homosexuality, sadly, was against the law in most countries, so the sentiments expressed could have posed a danger for the two men. Some on the internet have posited that Buzz and Tommy were just two good friends without any romantical inclinations at all, that back in the day, men hadn't been taught to be afraid of any semblance of tenderness or deep friendship. But I find my gaydar pinging, as do many others, the photo reemerged on the subreddit r slash LGBT a few days ago, and folks' imaginations continue to swirl about Tommy and Buzz. One commenter wrote, quote, Reminds me of that possibly gay couple in Pompeii that historians always seem to dismiss. Another wondered aloud, I wonder if they had to get married, or if there were lifeguards and the summer was over, and they had to go back to their lives of lies. Sometimes... The point of discovering a piece of history like this, in my mind, isn't necessarily knowing the whole truth, but how it makes us feel, and what that might reveal about us. One Redditor said, This makes me happy and sad at the same time. And another commented, The fact it says, You're Tommy, really suggests they were lovers. I'm so lucky to live in a time and place where two men can walk down the street holding hands and not be arrested. You can find the photo, where else? At therandyreport.com. Global Citizens One World Together at Home brought together some of the world's biggest stars to pay tribute to healthcare workers and first responders who are fighting against the COVID-19 pandemic. 
the eight-hour worldwide special headed up by none other than Lady Gaga generated $127 million in pledges and donations from around the globe in support for the COVID-19 Solidarity Response Fund for the World Health Organization, including from corporate sponsors like Johnson & Johnson, IBM, State Farm, Verizon, and Bloomberg Philanthropies. Co-hosted by Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel, and Jimmy Fallon, the live stream reached billions across the world and featured stories highlighting the courage of those on the front lines fighting the virus, along with performances from LGBTQ stars like Lady Gaga, Adam Lambert, Sam Smith, Elton John, Christine and the Queens, and more. Bravo to everyone for a fun time. What to watch this weekend? Deadline reports a cavalcade of stars will take part in Take Me to the World, a Sondheim 90th birthday celebration, a virtual 90th birthday celebration for legendary Broadway composer-lyricist Stephen Sondheim. Meryl Streep, Audra McDonald, Bernadette Peters, Patti Lapone, Mandy Patinkin, Kristen Chenoweth, Sutton Foster, Brian Stokes-Mitchell, Kelly O'Hara, and many more are scheduled to appear on Sunday, April 26th, which just happens to be the 50th anniversary of the opening night of Sondheim's iconic musical, Company. The streaming event will be hosted by Raul Esparza beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, and will be available for free at Broadway.com and the Broadway.com YouTube channel. Esparza has a long history with Sondheim's work, having starred as Bobby in the Tony Award-winning revival of Company in 2006, as George in the Kennedy Center Sondheim Celebration productions of Sunday in the Park with George, and as Charlie in Merrily We Roll Along in 2002. Additionally, he starred in City Center Encore's productions of Anyone Can Whistle and last year's Roadshow. In a statement, Esparza said... The world is in a hard place, and we're all searching for something great. Well, (laughs) Stephen Sondheim is greatness personified. So we've assembled a group of people who love Steve and have worked with Steve and have been inspired by Steve to sing his music and share some joy and some heartache together. We may be far from Broadway right now, but Broadway is never far from us. Besides, Stephen Sondheim turned 90. How many times do you get to be 90? 11? So come on, say it. Get it over with. Come on, quick. Happy birthday. The event will act as a fundraiser for artists striving to end poverty, the organization conceived by Juilliard students to transform the lives of youth through art. You can bet that I will definitely be watching the event. For those listeners who have been around for a while with The Randy Report, you may recall that in another lifetime, I was an actor on Broadway, and my final performances were in the first revival of Stephen Sondheim's Follies. It was an incredible experience, to say the least. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. I like to think of The Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. 
Please remember, wash your hands a lot, practice social distancing, and take care of yourselves. See you next time. 